0: Being a global leader takes a lot more than you think. But once you learn the main aspects that's going to help your career advance in many different ways and relate to people in a way that will really help your business and the business of others, you will like to hear this documentary about how you can improve your life and the life of your employees by just a few simple clues on how to relate to people who are leaders themselves in other countries.
1: What you just heard is the voice of a Latina leader, a Mexican actress who rose from the ranks of Televisa and took the risk of coming to the United States. She learned to adapt to new markets and new circumstances. To my fellow immigrants, does this sound familiar? This is one of the most successful Latina storytellers in the market. Her name is Nikki Mondelini, and we'll learn from her fascinating career in today's episode. This is Ino Latino. Hola mi gente. Welcome to another episode of Igno Latino. I, I have to ask you this question. You have an idea, you have a new project, you need to present it. What if I told you that there is a way to captivate with your idea? Our guest today, is one of the best storytellers I've ever met in my life. She has a great trajectory of storytelling, of acting in Latin America, specifically in Mexico. She dared to cross the border and start over in a new market here in the United States. I would like to welcome to Inno Latino, the great voice, the great actress, Nikki Modellini. Bienvenida.
0: Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Saludos a todos, mi gente. <laughs>
1: Um, Nikki, uh, first of all, you have a very diverse background. You you speak five languages?
0: I do. I have three main languages, which are Spanish, English, and Italian, uh, which are the languages that, that I grew up with, being the daughter of an Italian chemical engineer and a british choreographer and dance teacher going to mexico as an infant and then growing up there going to school in mexico uh and just uh, speaking spanish with everyone else so um i just grew up with those three languages and then later on uh, i always had a fascination for for languages my my father himself uh, spoke six languages wow. and uh, and i thought you know what i, I want to learn i want it was one of my dreams i want to just you know get to know the world and, and travel and, and then spend about six months in each country and learn the language and learn the culture and so you know yeah wonderful dreams didn't actually happen that way but um, I did go to Italy and, and I lived with my family there with my grandmother and, and my uncle and my aunt and I perfected my Italian because I had a Mexican accent when I was speaking Italian yeah uh, of course I hadn't lived there at all just gone for a vacation you know throughout the years so I perfected my Italian and and then I also started to learn French and German so I speak them I, I could make myself understood but they're certainly not uh, my strong languages <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well it's still impressive nonetheless um, so let me get this straight. you your father is a chemical engineer engineer yeah. and your mother is an artist, a, a, a yeah. choreographer,
0: a dancer and choreographer, yes.
1: And choreographer. So you have that combination of arts and science in your home, and, yeah, you, yeah. and would you say that you grew up with an appreciation for both?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, um, mainly with, uh, I guess, an appreciation for, uh, for dance and music. Um, I started dancing when I was three years old. And of course, my mom was one of my teachers. And then I started doing musical theater when I was 11 years old. And and my dad was, you know, one of my biggest fans. And he would drive me. He would pick me up from the dance studio and drive me over to the theater for me to start doing my shows seven days a week and two shows each of the, you know, Saturday, uh, Friday through Sunday um and so he loved it and he he uh, at the same time my mom was also working in another musical so i mean (laughs) he was driving from one theater (laughs) to the other and and, uh and i have uh two sisters and so they they were also uh dancers you know from from a young age but then they each uh took like their their own um careers to to different places not in the entertainment industry but um but anyway i'm not a very scientific person um so and, mind, do Definitely. <laughs> and my, uh, my dad, uh, you know, passed away when I was really young, like, you know, oh, about six months after I finished that, that uh, musical theater uh, season. And um, so um, mainly my mom, you know, widowed with three daughters, uh, brought us up and, and she was like our main source for everything. Okay. Um, and so, uh, well, one of my sisters, um, uh, she was a psychologist and then my other sister is a graphic designer but she works in uh in marketing okay uh, and then myself um i married a, a petroleum engineer oh wow <laughs> so we still have that mixture in our house and uh with with my kids uh, also and uh and i and i see the value in that it is always important to have a balance right you know someone in the family who is has a scientific mind and, and then you have the, the arts, you know, and
1: culture. That's excellent. You know, there is this author, uh, Walter Isaacson. He's the director of the Aspen Institute in, in Colorado. In one of his books, The Innovators is called, he, his thesis is that when you combine arts and science is like the breeding ground for creativity. You know? mm-hmm. Would you say that you, from a from very early age, uh, creativity was like a deep part of you?
0: I would say so yes yeah i've always been doing stuff creating things um always uh, either you know with my hands and painting ceramics and, and drawing uh writing stories i used to just grab like little pieces of letters you know that had little drawings and and according to the drawing that i saw i would imagine a story and then i would write the whole story you know oh, wow. and, uh, <laughs> so i've, I've, I've written uh, lot of many of those I don't know where they are, you know just I <laughs> mean you know little funny yeah, I
1: have two little stories. girls that do that, and all the, all the time, so I'm listening to you and admiring that <laughs>
0: oh there you go yeah and and so yeah, um, I always will be drawn like right away to something artistic and but then as i you know as I grew and and especially now having my voiceover business, I started to you know veer into the um, corporate world and, and see how to structure a business and how to carry on with okay. that, which is it's not, it doesn't come naturally to me, but, but uh, hey, you know, uh, I love to learn new things and I've, I've learned to do a lot of things.
1: I think that's the right attitude, you know, the attitude of learning constantly instead of, you know, pretending that one knows everything. I think that is part of the in- innovative process, of the creative process. So I commend you for that. How did you get started into the acting uh field space whatever you want to call it
0: (laughs) i think i've always known ever since i was very very young that i wanted to be in show business in some way or another and so i mean we had our recitals dance recitals i just loved being on stage i mean Mm -hmm. i really really liked it Uh, uh, dancing in front of the audience and just creating a story you know it was first through dance then when I was doing musical theater really enjoyed that and then um, I just continued on, on that path it always felt right to me to be in that path Excellent. either doing tv commercials I did a bunch of those when I was a teenager um, I, I kept going to school like a normal girl my dad and my mom uh, when I was doing musical theater and I was offered other things uh, they were a little afraid that that I wouldn't give enough importance to schools so they said no you're gonna go to a school just like your (laughs) sisters and and if you want to do stuff you know you can do one or two things there but you're gonna go to school like everyone else and then if you want to have your career take off in in, in that direction you can do (laughs) it afterwards you know uh so I mean, I've always I've always been in it. Um, I love acting, you know. I, I love dancing, and and I love training with with different teachers. I'm always exploring new methods and and new ways to communicate, and and also you know to keep that acting muscle working.
1: Uh, is there one of your novelas or productions that you remember fondly?
0: You know, each project and each character brings their own interesting, um, you know, way of doing things. Um, so. Inhabiting each of those characters is always a joy, discovering what they are, what they can do, how they can relate to the other characters and what their place is in the story. But in terms of actually just getting to develop and create that character for, for television with with a short amount of time for rehearsal. There's actually no rehearsal time at all. When you do oh, wow. theater, you have a lot more time to develop that character. When you do TV, there's not that much time because a lot of the novelas, I mean, they you, you shoot them and two weeks later, the episode is on the air, you know, in many cases. Um, wow. So I, I would say one of the, the ones that, that uh, was a lot more controversial is the character named Mystica from maria mercedes uh-huh. maria mercedes was a very very popular telenovela which is yes. still being shown all the reruns are still being shown all over that's the world true. it was very controversial and my character was very very controversial oh. she was a villain right <laughs> yes the that's first, right first the first villain that i played on tv i really enjoyed playing her because she was really eccentric <laughs> um, you know, and I got to do a lot of things and say a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do. You know,
1: <laughs> Very like, outrageous.
0: Yes, uh, completely different from, from how I am. So that that's the fun in it. You know, it's you get to play someone who is so different from you and you get to inhabit that character and, and, and do and say the things that, that they would do in accordance to the story and, and how they impact the story just by being who they are and, and by making the choices. Uh, the life choices that the character does, you know. And I really enjoyed that, you know, that character, Mystica. And a lot of people remember me for, for that one. I think it's the one they remember me most for okay. that character. Uh, and then other novelas, you know, uh, other characters have been, uh, you know, in a different way, even if they're not the villain. But I, I just kept looking for an angle, a special angle to play them. And of course, there's also the the whole hair and makeup thing is just like I try to be very different from one character to the next you know there, there's some actresses that that just like to present themselves uh, in basically the same way or similar you know okay. with the, the length of their hair and the color of their hair and all that they don't like to transform that much because they are creating a brand and, uh, and I don't criticize that I mean that is no, no, a choice and which is very good they're mm-hmm. immediately recognizable you know whatever they do and that's fine uh, but but for me, the fun was in inhabiting each character and changing completely from one to the next.
1: And that says a lot about you in, as an artist, as someone who wants to explore different roles and transmit different ideas and different parts of yourself. So I commend you for that. Thank you. You had a, a successful career. What made you uh, want to come to the United States. It's not always a, an easy decision to make. I've met other artists who had that dream and yet I s- I've seen them struggle and then finally come uh, to success just like yourself. Would you like to tell me a little bit about that segment of your trajectory?
0: Well, you know, you're right. It wasn't an easy decision to make. It was it was very, very tough. Uh, but my husband and I were in, in a hard situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Having three small children in yeah. Mexico City, uh, he had a telecommunication business, and um, and, and of course I, I was doing uh, TV shows. You know the novelas. I was yes. also doing theater. So we had like a good system going where you know we were both uh bringing money to the house. We owned our own apartment. I was close enough to Televisa uh, where I was doing all the shows that um that I didn't have to drive that that far. I had a support system and it was very good. But then of course a bunch of things happened. It was it was a, a you know, several, several things, several factors that, that influenced our decision. And so one of those was that my husband's uh, company wasn't doing so well because the, of the competition, the Chinese uh, competition Mm. in this case, Um, it was a a similar product that, that, that he used, you know, it was um, wireless Uh, and I'm talking about early nineties, you know, (laughs) mid mid nineties to early two thousands. So well we moved here in 2006 he had to uh, close the company because it just wasn't doing well Um, and so that was one thing and then the other thing was the insecurity Um, I had had several people close to me one of of them being my husband that he had been held at gunpoint once well he was in the car he had just gotten uh, you know the checks you know to go in and, and pay his employees and so yeah he was robbed and my mom a couple times got mugged my sister was uh, uh, you know one of those um, express kidnappings where people Uh in a a very doubtful taxi cab um, get people and drive around for a couple of, of you know for for several hours yeah. and drive you to different atms so that uh you can give them all the money and that sort of so that happened to her and that happened to another friend of mine um so and and with this i mean i don't want to say mexico is a very insecure
1: <laughs> place no. it
0: sounds like i would be but no i mean i love mexico i really really do beautiful I country there. I, I have Great country. a lot of very dear dear friends that are still there I'm so thankful to to all my teachers there to to all the people that that gave me opportunities within Televisa and, and in theater and everything you know uh yeah I mean I just love them and love all the opportunities and I'm thankful for all of that and it is a gorgeous country but you know situations are hard and, and, and times are hard and and, and, yeah, and believe
1: happens. me I grew up in Caracas, and the Venezuelans listening to me can absolutely relate to what you just described. Um, not an easy situation.
0: No, it wasn't. And so that that's when we decided. We said, okay, you know what? So anyway, we, uh, we ended up making the decision. My husband and I sat down and we thought, okay, where are we going? We're going to the States. So one of the possibilities was if it was going to be for me to uh, grow my career, I would have to go to maybe Miami, where yes. they you know, there's a lot more of a Hispanic population there than they know me. uh, And so I could get work there in the Hispanic networks, but then I thought, well, yeah, but it would, it would not be a guarantee, you know, and they don't produce as many shows for Spanish TV as they do in Mexico, for sure. You know, I mean, they do in, in, in Telemundo, you know, so that they have their own things, their own shows they produce, but, course it wasn't going to be a guarantee I mean what if we go there and suddenly I I have to support the family when I don't have a contract signed Mm, yes (laughs) so it was going to be too much pressure and and I didn't want us going through a hardship when there wasn't anything guaranteed right and so my husband said okay well then let me look for something and he being a petroleum engineer so he had a telecommunications Mm -hmm. um Company because and that was another aspect of of what he can do. But he thought, you know what? I'll go back to my my roots as a petroleum engineer, and I'll look for work uh, in Houston. And and so that's the place know, to be. <laughs> yep. And so uh, that's where we uh, that's where we came to. We're we're in Houston uh, since 2006. He um, he did get hired by one company, and then he's changed companies two or three times since then. But but we just remained here, and and that's this is where we've been ever since.
1: And and we're grateful that you decided to make that change. So thank you for sharing this. At a certain point, you pivoted into voice acting, voice productions uh, to the commercial sector as well. Was that an easy transition? Was it, was it the logical transition? Was it both? What, what made you go into in that direction? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, coming to Houston, I started to realize that there wasn't that much of a TV production side, not like in L.A. Certainly, yes. or in New York. I got an agent and and I started to see what there was. I mean, there are jobs, of course, you know, a lot of actors uh, that live in Houston, but most of the the jobs that, that people do on camera, you have to drive. Like for example, you have to drive to Austin, you know, it's three hours away from Houston just to audition. Well, you don't have wow. to nowadays. Nowadays you don't. Of course, because of everything, you know, with COVID, uh everybody's accepting video auditions. So the good thing is now they're accepting video submissions and and <sighs> I don't have to drive, but but right before the pandemic, I would lose all day to drive to Austin do the audition and then drive back. You know, same oh. thing. Driving to Dallas and sometimes uh, San Antonio. Then there there are things in Louisiana. A lot of them in Atlanta, for example, but not in Houston. And with three kids, that that just wasn't readily yeah logistics no, it was it was hard yeah. um i did i did a couple of times you know drive to uh dallas but i i had to always look for someone who would take care of my kids and um because of course i, I wasn't earning enough to pay for a nanny yeah the way they charge here you know yes absolutely. Are that... a lot different mm-hmm. uh so i thought okay uh, what if i work and i give all of my salary to a nanny? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, nothing for me. So no. So um, I thought, okay, what can I do? And my agents in Houston, they signed me right at first sight when I came with with my reel from all the work I'd done in Mexico. They're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, of course, you know, you know, I'm work with yeah. us. And so they started to uh, just send me two different things that I could do. So one of them was doing voiceover, which I had done a few things in Mexico. I had done uh, the, like the the station announcements at Canal uh-huh. de las Estrellas for a few months. And I had done a, a couple of commercials and some in-house narrations for corporate things within Televisa. But never, I never had my own studio. It was all done there at Televisa. So coming here, they said, well, do you have a voice demo? And I, I said, well, no, I didn't think to collect my voice samples there. So yeah. so they put me together with people, you know, a, a great coach and, you know, a demo producer. And I started to put together, you know, I did my demo. They started to send auditions to me and, and um, I got my, my first software microphone. And then I've been evolving since since then. And okay. then... The more I started to get into the voiceover side of things, the more I liked it, the more possibilities that I saw. And and so a big part of that is doing radio and TV commercials Uh and also e-learning narration, videos. It could be promotional or corporate videos, Uh, documentaries. Yes, I've I've done a, a couple of those, not for networks, but for short films or for uh, a museum exhibit which you know in in, in Italy Uh Uh, and so and I could see that it was something very interesting whenever I went to do the on-camera auditions for the commercials that that do get uh, you know auditioned here in Houston you know uh, and things that you can do um, and speaking in Spanish they just could not see me as a Latina woman Hmm. because Uh, i'm european you know Mm -hmm. so it was kind of hard for them to to get me you know put me in that box of 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 a hispanic woman because they
1: you know they have a stereotype
0: yeah it's not your type you know you're the european one but my english uh although it, it has improved since i came here but I do have a trace of an accent, of course, you know, when I speak English. And so it's not like 100% American. Uh, And so they wouldn't give me those jobs either. i I have done a few characters and in, and in, in soap uh, in commercials where where you don't speak. You know, you're just doing actions, whatever. So I've done several like that, for the Anglo market. And then I I, I did a couple of things. Um, this TV show called The Leftovers on HBO. I don't uh-huh. know if you, you knew about that show. No, it's an yeah. excellent show. Great anyway. success and uh, I was a German tourist.
1: <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> right? I did mean, yeah. i, really, I love German. And then I
0: did, I played also for a, a pilot, I played a French nurse. And so oh. I, I, I did have to speak in German and in French for those uh, characters, you know. And so then that's where those came in handy, you know. That's Absolutely. <laughs> back then. And, uh, but, so a lot more opportunities uh, appeared or presented themselves with voiceover because they weren't seeing me they were just listening to me so uh-huh. they listened to me and of course you know i speak like a native mexican so they had absolutely no doubts you know that there i could go. do that
1: so yeah. that that was your way to fighting the preconceptions of the market if you will and yeah. you adapted to the the, the new reality and mm-hmm. you show the best of your background your knowledge of different languages and and your own culture as well. So I commend you for that great job. Um, There is an aspect of you that uh, I think is the most fascinating. And I think that I see you as a great storyteller and something that I see in your trajectory from the beginning and currently as well. And I, and I admire you, particularly because you are able to adapt to different clients, different situations. And whether it is with inflection of the voice, whether it is with the tone in which you say it, you are able to enthrall the listener and, and just keep them there, keep their attention or transmit a specific feeling that needs to be transmitted by the client. Uh, would you like to comment on that how, how you do it or the idea of storytelling in your, in your field?
0: Well, I am a storyteller at heart. You know, I love, love, love to tell stories, whether it's with my voice, you know, whether it's at the microphone or in front of the camera, you know, I'm I'm always looking for interesting ways to tell a story. And of course, the way that I tell those stories has to change according to the medium that I'm working in. Uh, And also to the genre, We, we, we talk about voiceover having a lot of genres, and so it could be commercial uh you know as i was saying e-learning video narration documentary audiobooks each of those are are different genres and and they also have a different purpose so for example if i do a a commercial the purpose of the commercial is to sell something right yes absolutely but i don't i don't look only at the oh i'm gonna sell this uh product right i i look at the angle of how can i benefit the listener, with this commercial and with the information that I'm giving them, how can this product help improve their lives? And right. so that that is what I look for. And and, and of course, um, I also take cues from from what the client wants to highlight. Okay. Sometimes okay. they want to highlight a certain aspect of that product, that it's readily available for <laughs> you know whenever you want it, or because this is going to solve. X problem, you know, or, uh, I don't know, or the, or there's a certain sense of urgency, for example, you know, and, uh, and, and then you have to buy it now because the offer is right now. Um, and so, uh, so you, you learn to highlight different things according to what the commercial is and according to the people that, that you're directing yourself to the, the demographics are, are different according to the product. Right. And, and then for example, uh, an e-learning course, you know, I also love those because I I learn a lot from narrating them because they're they're different themes. You know, I was narrating one, uh, a series of e-learning courses for global leaders. And this was teaching people how to be all inclusive, how to learn to adapt, for example, in, in different situations. So, you know, working in a different country or talking to people from, from different countries, you know, learn about their culture, learn about, how they greet someone else for example not all of them will will want a handshake you know and 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 maybe if you say this thing or and so according to how they uh they perceive things that you say you have to learn to you know communicate with them uh in in the best possible way so it was very interesting so e-learning does that you know you you learn about a, a lot of different things it could be medical It could be a new medical device. It could be a a new medical discovery. You know, it could be something related to, you know... the oil business as well and and how it's you know pivoting to other mm-hmm. things that's what I, I look for the angle i look for how it's going to impact people um if it's a museum narration i, I love those I've, I've been the voice of houston fine arts museums and talking about the exhibits of, of different painters and it's been wonderful you know like the impressionists and and, and I learned, <laughs> learn a little bit about history so i, I i'm also a lifelong learner so uh, i like I like to hear a good story and I like to tell a good story. Excellent. I think that's the nitty gritty of it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Nikki, I want to put you on the spot. Oh my <laughs> So if you were doing e-learning about leadership, can yeah. you tell me a phrase in the type of voice that you would narrate that uh, to... The reason why I want to do this is because many of our listeners are leaders themselves. Yeah. Uh, because they're... Lovers of podcasting. And yeah. I want to highlight your beautiful and excellent voice. Would you like to give us a couple of lines related to leadership that you can recommend us and do it in that great storytelling style that you would say it?
0: Okay. Well, I'm gonna just have to make something up because that that one I, I narrated that like a year ago and I, I don't memorize my scripts by heart, but
1: it's okay. This <laughs> so, is gonna come from the heart.
0: So okay. Being a global leader takes a lot more than you think, but once you learn the main aspects that's gonna help your career advance in many different ways and relate to people in a way that will really help your business and the business of others, you will like to hear this documentary about how you can improve your life and the life of your employees by just a few simple clues on how to relate to people who are leaders themselves in other countries.
1: Beautiful. Yes. (laughs) Yes <laughs> I,
0: I'm boy, a little bit, but <laughs> oh that
1: that is awesome, so wow, your voice is so professional like, and I could not not listen to it I, I just like a magnet, like, oh my gosh, she knows what what he's talking about, but her voice is so sweet at the same time. What is this <laughs> so wow. Um, yeah and, and is,
0: the and the uh-huh. angle is always uh you have to talk as though you were the expert, you know absolutely. Um, is- and you have to be convinced a hundred percent convinced of what you're saying. Otherwise you will not engage the listener. And and so that, that's why I always like to receive the script with plenty of time. I read it over and, and, uh, and sometimes I do, a, I, I see one or two terms and I ask the client about it or I research it on my own. If if it's a theme that really has sparked something inside me, I will go on and, and, and do more and more research about it. And just to get a sense of, of what it is that I'm talking about, you know, and just create that whole concept of, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. Yes. And I'm going to tell you about it because it's going to help you be better at your business, which in turn will help a lot of other people. So,
1: Great. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So podcasters, did you listen to that? Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Now, I'm going to speak from my own experience and there are many uh, out there that, that are going through the same They have this imposter syndrome in which they say, no, I don't know enough about a subject. I can't sound authoritative. I should not do it because I'm lying to myself and therefore I'd be lying to them. We just saw uh, a woman with such great poise and so sure of the material she has learned. What would you say to those of us who are insecure sometimes of giving that step and raising our voice, especially as Latinos?
0: Mm. Well, I would say if you're 100% convinced of what you're talking about, um, you should just speak from your heart and, and be yourself. Uh, nobody is perfect. Nobody's gonna have the, the perfect speech. We're all gonna make mistakes and, and stumble and, and do things. you know. And, and also, definitely not everybody that is going to be listening to you is an expert on what you're talking about. So yes. if you can if you can shed a light on, on on a concept that you think is important to you, you know you have to share it. You have to share it because you will end up benefiting people, and they will not judge you by the way you're talking or by the mistakes you're saying, but they will actually take in. They will if you if you're speaking from the heart and you're convinced about what you're saying that that's what they'll stay with. You know their their takeaway will be your message behind the words. And, and if it's a strong message, it will be well-received.
1: Thank you. That is most excellent. We really appreciate that. Would you tell us a little bit about your podcast, put you on the spot again, if that's okay?
0: That is very okay. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so La Pizarra, of course, is a podcast in Spanish. And those of you who want to practice your Spanish, Definitely listen to it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> And uh, it, it is about the entertainment industry. So a, a few of my colleagues had told me, hey, you know what, you should do a podcast, you should definitely do a podcast. And I was like, well, okay, but if I'm going to do a podcast, I want to do it about something that is interesting. I'm going to do something, I want to do it right, I want to uh, make an impact in some way. So of what course. can I talk about that could actually be interesting, and, and that can have a lot uh, of room to grow, and, and, and that would be, you know, interesting stories to share. So, first, you know, I was debating whether to do it in English or in Spanish, um, because I'm bilingual, mm-hmm. and, but then what decided it was, okay, what, I want to talk about the entertainment business, because I've been in it since I was very, very young, like I, I just commented, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since I was 11 years old, um, and, and, and I'm also fascinated by it. I'm, you know, an actress and a voiceover talent, so I'm mainly in front of the camera, in front of the mic, Um, but I I really don't know um, what drives or or how everything behind the mic is created. I mean, I have some idea, of course, you know, being in it for so many years, And, and, and I know what the main things that that a producer has to do or a creative director or a tv executive so the the, the decision makers you know or a film yes. director or theater director so i, I have of course uh, you know a lot more knowledge than somebody who's not in business of what to uh-huh. do but i am very interested about their creative process because even if they're the people who sign the checks they have to have a creative process into thinking about what kind of show they're going to do and who do they want to target what stories they want to tell then they will put the show together and hire their director hire the actors and hire the the makeup person and and, and hire the lighting expert and hire the whole crew or if it's a tv commercial for example the creative director has to think of, of an idea and, and, and it's interesting to know how they come up with that, that idea, and what happens when they present it to the client, you know, and what the client does, and so all of those things and relationships along the way that lead up to the final product of a TV show, a TV commercial, a film, uh, a play in theater, or a musical, or a song, you know, or a whole album. So uh definitely those are all things that I think are very interesting and, and they are <laughs> and they, they they are and um, and also I'm thinking about ways to um to help those that are starting out in the business on either side of the camera and so that that's how I, I thought you know what I know a lot of people uh, that do this, of course, a lot more people in, in Spanish, you know, so that's it. I'm just going to do the podcast in Spanish. And also because there are a lot more podcasts in English about the entertainment industry,
1: (laughs) not so many
0: in Spanish. And if there are, I want to know about them and I want to invite them to my podcast and, you know, um, so, but the ones that, that I know, I, I only know, uh, probably two or three more. Um, And and I wanted my angle to be that talking to to people about it. And my podcasts are about, you know, 45 to an hour long. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I give um, the guests the opportunity to talk about their, their careers, how they started out, and, and to talk about their creative process. And And so there's a lot of very interesting tips and tricks of the trade oh, yes. that, that a lot of people can pick up on and and learn so that they can advance their own careers, wherever they are, at whatever point in their career they are. Um, it will, it, it's an interesting show. It's a very interesting, um, you know, interviews with, with all of these people so and i'm so so grateful to all of my guests you know because it's a new podcast you know i started it in april and and it's you know bit by bit it's growing uh-huh. uh, and uh, so i want to invite more people to listen to it and share it because i think it's going to benefit a lot of people
1: and i know they will it's benefited me already and i'm already learning more about innovation and creative creativity in general so thank you now would you like to give us a little Add whether it is in Spanish or English, whatever you feel more comfortable with uh, sure, for, um, for your uh, podcast.
0: I can I can say it in both languages. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, here we go in Spanish. Uh-huh. No dejen de escuchar La Pizarra. Lo pueden escuchar en todas las plataformas de podcast, incluyendo en, en, en Apple, en Spotify, Pandora, la que ustedes quieran. Eh, todos los episodios los pueden escuchar eh, ahorita los de la primera temporada. Es un epi- es, eh, es un podcast que hago por temporadas. Entonces la primera temporada está toda disponible y la segunda temporada ya tiene tres episodios al aire. Eh, entonces eh, pues, les va a gustar mucho el, el tercero salió justo a, anoche y ya lo pueden escuchar y por favor déjenme sus comentarios y no se olviden de darme un, un, un rating por favor de cinco estrellas verdad para que uh-huh. siga creciendo el podcast <laughs> en, en Apple podcast eh, y muy bienvenidos sus comentarios y sus sugerencias eh, ya sea ahí o escuchen el podcast también para que se enteren dónde me pueden dejar sus comentarios um, so anyway um, now I'll say it in English um, uh-huh. You can listen to La Pizarra con Niki Mondellini. There's a lot of podcasts named Pizarra, so it has to be La Pizarra con Niki Mondellini, so that you can find it easily, right? And uh, and so we have guests, um, like I was just saying, from both sides of the camera, mm-hmm. and you can listen to it on all the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Google Play, Spotify, Indora, and many others. And I do it by season. So season one is all up on those platforms, and I'm in the middle of... Of, uh, season 2 already. So the third episode of Season 2 just got published last night. So you can also listen to that one. And I would please ask you to uh, leave a review on Apple Podcast. And uh, if you will, and if you're happy and thinking about it, oh, maybe give me some five-star ratings and then that would be great. And any suggestions, any comments that, that you would like to add, put it there uh, on Apple Podcast, or you can leave it at Mondalini at gmail.com and email me your questions or comments and, and I would love to hear that and also there's another place that you can listen to it which is my own website which is nikimondelini.com slash lapizarra nikimondelini.com diagonal lapizarra and so you can listen to all of the episodes there as well, it's all in one place
1: excellent, so now you know La Pizarra con Mondellini. so thank <laughs> you so much Niki for, for, because you honor us with, with your presence here in the podcast. I Wish you the best of successes. And I hope this is not the last time we work together
0: definitely oh I, I would love to work with you and have you also as a guest on on my own podcast so you know we'll have to i look that forward up to soon. it
1: believe me yeah
0: that would be amazing and and i really thank you for having me on as a guest in in your podcast and i i really want to congratulate you oh, because you. anything you can do to to uplift the hispanic innovators in 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 this country i i think it has to be done you know people have to see how how they have the tools and they just have to believe in themselves and they will do something never be afraid or you know to show who you really are and and to promote your heritage because a lot of people can benefit from it and and so just be yourself and and keep on innovating
1: thank you thank you so much nikki yellow sign now you've heard it from the voice of one of the greatest artists I've ever met, Niki Mondelini. Thank you again.
0: Thanks, Gonzalo. You take care.
1: You too.